Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater-centric podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, CMSNetwork.com, and, of course, the CMS Network Rumble page. You can find us at those locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. If you are tuned in on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and smash that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. Without further ado, let me bring on my esteemed co-host, a man who uh, had the uh, good fortune of uh, celebrating a milestone birthday in the year we're going to be discussing, 2002. He turned 60 in 2002, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I am talking about Brian. What's up, man? <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's been a while since we actually did, a, I guess, what we call a normal podcast. You know, we kind of did yeah. the What's Coming for Dream Theater, and we had the uh, the unfortunate uh, episode about your – but I, I just want to real quick say thank you once again to everyone who was on that show live, who commented, you know, the, the thoughts about your dad. That was a, gr a great episode. And I just want to remind everybody how cool that was. And even if, you know, if you're not a huge Dream Theater fan, if you're just like a fan of the show in general, go check that one out. Yeah, I, I second that very much, man. Um, to all you guys that tuned in, I appreciated it very, very much. I appreciate it. I still do. Um, I got a lot of private messages off of that, Brian. And yeah. uh, you guys are just awesome. Um, so I, I really, really appreciate that, guys. That was very cool of you. I know it was kind of a self-serving episode to do, but... No. Um, not it all, was man. well, dude. It was great, and I I think one of the one of the coolest things that people said, um, you know, I know I talked to Joe Gebhart and JG three and stuff like that, and um, you know, a bunch of people, and several people said that they thought it was kind of cool that we were real, that we you know we weren't just trying yeah. to be like two talking heads or characters or something like that. They they thought it was cool that we were just honest and real about who we were and, and things going on. So, um, that's that's I that's that to me is like an, an extreme compliment. So yeah, it, it was a great show. And I want to get to something that sometimes we forget that we get, <clears throat> excuse me, do get these messages uh, over Facebook and a buddy of mine, Michael McCollum. He's a dude who completely kicked the crap out of cancer's ass. I uh, played, play, oh, played, nice. played in a band with him before he was in the four horsemen for a time. <clears throat> awesome bass player. He's played with Ripper Owens on a couple occasions. He just sent a message saying, Hey, I'm new to your pod. Um, I think I told him about it a while back, but it took him a while to dive in. But he's just real quick. He said, here's my current top 10 panic attack. You're going to love this, John. Moment of betrayal. <laughs> wow. OK. Uh, as I am. Glass prison. Nothing wrong with those. Root of all nope. evil. New millennium. Dark eternal night. 
Count of Tuscany. I won't throw that out of bed. <laughs> nice. Uh, pull me under. Hollow years. Nightmare to remember. But anyway, this is a guy who's a friend of mine, music fan. He was always kind of into dream theater, but we have pushed him over the edge to discover <laughs> the entire catalog, including loving the astonishing. So it's go. It kind of goes back to the episode where we were real, and we said at the end, this is why we do the show is to talk about you know talk about everything and uh, and become this community. So anyway. Uh, thanks, uh, Michael McCollum, a.k.a. Metal Pete, for that awesome message. Very cool, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I actually, just myself this week, was talking to a coworker, and he, he was asking about the podcasts that I do, and I'd mentioned this one. And he said, you know, Dream Theater's a band I've always tried to get into, but I've never really, it's kind of daunting. And I said, well, he's like, do you recommend any songs? I said, well, have I got an episode for you. So I sent over the, uh, it was episode three of all things, our third episode ever. We, I just sent over the, you know, the Gateway Dream Theater songs video and he checked it out and he just hit me up this morning. He's like, dude, that's pretty cool. He's like, I like that. He's like, I don't know if I can get into the rest. I'm trying, but those are some damn good tunes. You made some good selections. So, well, well yeah, speaking so of a guy cool. that has no interest whatsoever in listening to Dream Theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, a segue. <laughs> so let, let, let's bring him on. Uh, he, you, you know him, you love him from the classic metal show. Chris Aiken presents uh, the Seth Williams show, any number of different things that he does. Uh, hey, Talking Into Infinity, one of our very favorite special guest hosts. He is, he is uh, one of my very, very best friends in my life. Uh, he is, of course, the mighty Chris Aiken. What's up, man? What is up, guys? Brian, happy 82nd to you. Nice, sir. To, nice to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to get the age jokes in there, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and me, me, who's horrible at math, I'm sitting here trying to calculate it. Is that 72? Is that 76? You know, I'm an idiot with math, but I think I was, I'm right I was on very 82. impressed. Yeah, you were. And I was like, wow, he got it. He sucks at math. That's awesome. Man, man. What is up, boys? How are we doing? Not too bad. Not too bad, man. So... Right off the rip, man. Um, oh God, hold on. We got some realism. Chastity, hopefully it's not too personal, but you are a friend. Chastity said she had a shitty day. She said, "I don't want to bring the show down, but I found out my aunt and uncle were killed last night in a car accident." So this is a great show, anyway. But loving the timing, say Chastity, man. So many condolences. That's awful. Man, I am so terrible. sorry to hear that, man. Wow. Well, glad we can bring a little bit of light into into your day. I'm very, very sorry, man. Much love to you. Much love to you, dude. Oh. Yes, uh, Tyson Leslie, <laughs> he's on here live with us. There we yeah. go. What's up, Tyson? Thanks for tuning in, man. Thanks for checking out the show. I'm, I'm not trying to skip Chastity's comment. That is that is absolutely horrible. But uh, yeah, good, good, brand new, good new friend, Tyson Leslie. Uh, I'm going to be seeing him literally in uh, let's see, nine days on the Monsters of Rock cruise. He's watching from his car. You you may not be seeing him. He's watching from his car. <laughs> yeah, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> So safe, safe driving technique displayed by Tyson over there. Yeah. Rock and roll. Be careful, um, buddy. Awesome yeah. to have you on the show. All right. So 2002, uh, Aiken, what, where in the world were you? What were you up to? Uh, what was I doing? I was working. I know that. I was, I don't remember what, I, I think I was working at a law firm, I think. Um, and I know I was, that was like kind of the, Maybe near the end of my commercial radio run, I was, um, I, I believe I was on 92.3 being a shock jock over there. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I was just doing my thing. I was being myself, being a pain in the ass that I always was. And, um, 
What I do remember most about that era, like 2002, like 2000 to 2005, is that is probably the heaviest musical era of my life. That was, I had kind of, you know, I, I had been an 80s guy, you know, for, for a long time, and I hung on to it way after everybody else did. I was still listening <laughs> to Dockin' and Warrant and Great White till about 2000, and then it just was done. 2000, 2000s on, I just, everything got heavier and heavier and heavier and death metal became more and more and more. And, you know, I got into like this really heavy phase. So, so yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing was just being a slug, working it out like everybody else. And at night wearing my, wearing my decapitated hats and t-shirts and going out to metal shows. Well, we're not going to have too many crossover t- uh, albums, I guess, with John and I. Then I don't think so. Probably not. I I was I was trying to. There's like, and we'll get to it if we do all ten. But I I have a feeling there are two, two that John has heard, okay, and maybe two that you'll like, okay, that you'll like, Brian. But but the rest is all like really heavy stuff or lo- yeah. pretty heavy stuff. I have eight, and you you would kind of be one of them. I'm going to get absolutely crucified for. So I got crucified for it back then. I'm going to get crucified for it all over again, especially with you know some recent stuff. But um, yeah, my mine is surprisingly heavy. I, I think that that might be a little shocking. But the one thing I was going to say is it's funny because like this was a difficult year for me to. I looked up all the records. I'm like. Ooh, man. So when I found out you were jumping on Aiken, I was like, okay, good. We can drop it from 10 albums to eight. Like, I was like, thank God. And then I was talking to one of my team members this morning. He was asking about the show when I brought up what year we were doing. He, he's a little familiar with Dream Theater. And, and he said, when's the next one? And I said, oh, yeah, train of thought. I'm like, he's like 2003. I'm like, yeah, I looked up 2003. I was like, all right, well, at least I know the next time we do this, it's going to be really easy because I'm going to have a hard time cutting albums out because there's a ton that I love. 2002 not so much <laughs> meanwhile i had a list of like 40 that i had to cut down <laughs> of course you did nice yeah, you're not I, a narrow-minded I, prick like I, me i struggled to to find a real quick before we get to the music we always do this thing with the movies so a real quick thumbs up or thumbs down for these movies insomnia uh that's that's christopher nolan kind of in the beginning pacino and robert Will, robin williams never saw it Never saw it. Okay, great movie, I'll say. Uh, Red Dragon, probably the best sequel, uh, La- Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I'll take Hannibal over that any day. Take but that's Hannibal still, over that? S- still a great movie. Okay, Minority Report. Great De- movie. Decent Town Cruise. Good. Yeah, like the it. first Spider-Man. It's hard to believe that's been 20 years now. I like that. That's not really an Aiken movie. He's not a Believe it or not, I like that one. I saw that I one. like that one? Okay. okay. I like uh, that one. This is considered a musical, <laughs> 8 Mile. <laughs> sure that was i saw it i i was always fascinated how people were like eminem is such a good actor i'm like he's being himself how can you not yeah. act as yourself uh two towers jg3 pointed out of course which i thought was i don't know if i liked it as much as lord of the rings solid solid movie uh one how hour, is so it different from lord of the rings it, it's not really that's i guess <laughs> We're walking, we're walking, there's a ring, we're walking. Got it. Yeah. Right out of Silent Bob. One hour photo. I thought that was a good uh, Robin Williams creepy movie once again. Yeah, I like that. Uh Road to Perdition. Good Tom Hanks. Uh as I'm dying yeah, over so. here. Love it. Anyways, that's a great movie. That's what I got for movies. Um but uh 
Yeah. Really? That's all you got for movies in 2002? Yeah, I don't know anything else that came out. Oh, God, you did this. Austin Powers? Yeah, you missed Austin Powers. Okay, sorry. Men in Black 2? There you go. JG3 is a Two Towers fan. Robert Husted, good to see you, brother. He says he is a Two Towers fan. Is that Attack of the Clones or no? It's Attack of the Clones. Yes, it is. I I was just kidding. Generally regarded as the shittiest Star Wars movie until (sighs) The Rise of Skywalker came along. But I love it, so... It's, it's funny. It's, I I liked it. I really liked Attack of the Clones at the time, and now uh, not so much. See, and and most Star Wars nerds are the opposite. It was like the hated movie, and now people are kind of coming around to it as it's aged a lot. So, didn't but, like it then. Don't, don't like, like it, it now. now. <laughs> 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 Look at this. All right, I'm gonna mess up your name, bro. But uh, Josox Atlantis is watching from Spain, like always. That's wow. Awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you for tuning in, man. What is with this? Got to be like four in the morning there or something. Yeah, awesome man. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in, bro. The podcast from Spain fall mainly in the rain. I don't know what to say, yeah, dude. Right? This is our first person from Spain ever. That's amazing. Yeah, Kale. Good to see you, man. He says I also love Attack of the Clones. Oh, oh shocker! There we go. All right. So I did once again. I did not rank mine in order. I I have my favorite, which I'll do last. But otherwise, my list is just chronological. So, all right. Uh, okay, Josox uh, Atlantis. He says it's one forty-four exactly. Woof. All right, yeah. That's so six hours. Look at you. Thanks, man. All right. So, all right. So, uh, <laughs> Brian, since this is your idea, I will let you go first. We each have eight albums. So, what is what is what is your first selection? If you were in two thousand two, you walk into the record store and you cannot buy. Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence. What else are you buying? What is the first album on your list? All right. I'm interested to hear Aiken's take on this. I have L.A. Guns, Waking the Dead. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's I, kinda... I, I know the album. <laughs> okay. Wow. I, I, I know the It's not on my list. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That That's like one of the non-Tracy Guns albums, right? Isn't that? No, he, no, I, no he's actually still on there. So Is it's he him. on that one? Yeah, so... Is there anything more uncool probably in the year 2002 than L.A. Guns? I, I'm guessing no, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much no. Was that the album that they did with the um, OK, Let's Roll on it? Because yep, they had yep. to jump on the, um, the yep. 9-11 bandwagon? Which I actually think is a decent song. So uh, Andy Johns produced it. Um, the first couple songs I think are really cool, Don't Look at Me That Way, and then it goes into that Let's Roll, which is like a tribute to the you know, the hijackers on the, on the 9-11 flights. Uh, there's a killer solo in the title track, Waking the Dead. Um, again, Andy Johns, you know, he was one of the go-to guys of the 80s era. And I think he nails the essence of L.A. Guns. Uh, Hellraiser's Ball, really cool. You know, sounds like you're in a biker bar in 1986 or something. Uh, City of Angels is a great course. I, I think, you know, what stands out is Phil Lewis's voice on this. It's just really top form. The melodies are top-notch. And, you know, it's L.A. Guns, so... Most of the time, they get you in and out of there in four to four and a half minutes, you know, tops. Yeah. And that's that's the way it should be. But the riffs are definitely there. And I, I think it's probably the best they had done since uh, Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're cool. They're Tracy's not. He's a dick. But the rest of those guys are cool. And, um, you know, I, as, as a player, Tracy's a good player. Um, Phil Lewis still sounds good. If you want to be honest about it, I mean... He looks like a pirate, but he sounds great. He, 
He absolutely still today sounds pretty much like he did in 1988 when we first discovered him. I mean, he, Waking the Dead, I don't know. It was, there was, there's like a whole list of those records that I can't tell one from the other. That, Hollywood Forever, um, you know, uh, the others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't even remember a lot of those, but, um, you know, it's okay, I guess. Not, not, not my top, definitely not in my top 50, but it's, it's all right. Yeah. JG3 says, well, I guess that's considered music. <laughs> so, Boy, he's really not going to like my list then. <laughs> yeah. No shit. No shit. Well, what, so what is uh, first on your list, Chris? Well, the, the lowest of my list is um, propane shreds of dignity. I, I love propane. They're, they're as okay. just heavy as, as any band could be. You know, they came out of the punk world and it's just blah. Three minute bursts at most of just straight up killing. Um, the it had the one thing about Shreds of Dignity that I thought was cool was it had this song called Gone Fishing. And when you when you saw that on the list, you were like, hmm, that's kind of odd. <laughs> and the, until you play it, and then it's still just another three minute blast of just hate, you know, <laughs> right. it, it, it's just straight up rage music. And that's where I was at at the time. So for me, Shreds of Dignity from Propane would be my uh, my first one on the list. Okay. I'm not overly familiar with Propane. I just know it's like hardcore, basically. And yeah. I don't I don't listen to a ton of that because it, it, I think it's just the repetition of it for me. It does, you know, once you've heard kind of one record to me, it kind of blends together like ACDC or something. Um, but, you know, I, I like some of it. So... All right, propane. I'm 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 familiar with them, just not that familiar. <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. That's what know. it's going to be. A lot of this list, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. He uses well, it all all the time to grill, so he's very familiar with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So my my uh, my first record on this list was released on March 5th of 2002, and it's one of uh, one of my favorite bands actually. And I know Aiken loves this band and this guy. It is, of course, Black Label Society 1919 Eternal. It's a kick-ass record. The only thing that holds this record back for me is the production. There, I, Zach Wilde apparently hated the bass guitar on a couple of these early Black Label records, and this is definitely one of them, but th this album just rocks, man. Bleed For Me, Demise of Sanity, uh, Graveyard Disciples, Genocide Junkies. Like it's This record just absolutely just kicks ass so i'm a huge zach wild fan i love a lot of the black label catalog um kind of hit and miss for me i would have to say if i have a favorite black label record it's mafia um gee you and everybody else yeah i know i don't know i just i like the i like the production on it and there's there's a couple songs on that that are really underrated i think that no one really talks about um but yeah black label i i like i and i, I like this record because it kind of is before he got into that pattern of having to have like three ballads on every record that sound exactly the same. And I do not like <laughs> the black label ballads at all. No offense, uh, Zach Wilde, but I'm not a fan. But um, yeah, Black Label Society, 1919 Eternal. See, I didn't put that. That didn't even make my top 50 either. I did, I did not like that record at all. Same reason you're really? saying. I, I hated the production. I thought Bleed For Me was a crap song. Uh, it just, you know, all right, I bleed for you. Got it. You're bleeding. <laughs> Great. You know, I, 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 
that was like the the album that came and that just slowed everything down. Like they were, you know, with Stronger Than Death and with the debut and, you know, leading into it, everything was so freaking monstrous. Then you got that one and then you followed it with another shit one with Shot to Hell, I think was the next one, I believe, after that. And I was like, eh, this really ain't doing it with the right. Concrete Jungle or whatever was the was the hit off of that one. It's like, ooh. Yeah, that, that's, that lost me for a little bit, but. That being said, I love Black Label. I've seen them a numerous times. Hell, I interviewed Jeff Fab, the drummer, yesterday. So <laughs> I'm all go. in on I'm all in on Black Label, but um, not that one. Missed it. That's a miss for me. There you go. Well, K- Kale McLeish brings up Audio Slave by Audio Slave, a band I was not a fan of. I am not a fan of Rage, and I Chris Cornell is an extremely talented vocalist, but I hated his voice. So he put the two together, and it was just. Yeah, not a fan. Well, you might get so. to hear more about something you're not a fan about later than. <laughs> <laughs> I have. A, there's probably going to be a lot of that. So, <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, in our, on our messages earlier. So, Steve, I don't know if it's Maloney, M I L O N E, uh, from from Jersey. He's actually uh, at the Pantera show at the Garden tonight. Um, he did have 1919 Eternal Black Label Society on there, so I wanted to bring that up, John. Yep. Like I said, I mean the production. <laughs> But I like the songs, so, you know. All right, Brian, so what do you have uh, as second on your list? At number two, and I'm sure everyone probably thought this would be on here, I've got Rush Vapor Trails. Um, it, the album starts out, it really does not sound like Rush at all. It almost sounds like that Uma Thurman dance with that Dick Dale surf guitar thing. Um, but there's a really killer groove um, drum beat laid down by Neil Peart. Uh, a lot of heavy, awesome, foreboding kind of guitar work from Alex. Uh, the pace kind of just keeps going. The ceiling unlimited, really cool rocker. Um, then there's kind of this, like, it, it's a dark record. It's sort of melancholy yeah. and, you know, desperate, peaceable kingdom. The title track, Vapor Trail, same thing. Um, and then we get the fourth part of the Fear Trilogy, which I don't even know if you're allowed to call it a trilogy anymore. So they put they, they did put a fourth part song I was going to say. Yeah, it's called Freeze, uh, which I didn't even, I guess, know until until recently. Um, but, yeah, you know, there was a period there where Rush was overproduced to the point of exhaustion. You know, there was as many arpeggiators, sequencers, keyboards as we can cram in. And it, I was actually a huge fan of that. I still thought it was cool. But, you know, this is this is Rush at its essence when it's a three-piece rock band, you know. And they the way they actually end the album is out of the cradle. And, he, you know, the, the lyric is endlessly rocking. That's what he keeps kind of saying over and over so they really sort of got back to that that you know three-piece zeppelinist you know sort of style of roots on this album and i think it's a really cool album yeah i was just uh i finished getty lee's uh autobiography a couple weeks ago and he, when he was talking about this record it was basically their comeback record um after neil peart had taken off a bunch of time because his daughter died and whatnot and um getty lee was saying that, that mixing this record was a complete and total bitch he said it was like the hardest one that they ever had to do, <laughs> like because there's so much goofy stuff going on, and you know they they had to use some of the demo tracks, which didn't mix well with the the recorded tracks from later on. Like it's so there, there's a lot about this record in that book. But I mean, I, I listened to this and this, and I I think it's the second. I don't know what the name of the song is, but track two I thought was really cool. Um, Rush is one of those bands that like I love moving pictures. Go figure. Who doesn't? And I like a bunch of other songs, but I keep trying to get into them, and it's just as a as a whole, they just they, they don't grab me. Yeah, that second but song is uh, 
ceiling unlimited and and this this study is not going to be a nom where you're going to find stuff that's going to you know other than probably that one you know grab you really yeah uh aiken where are you at with rush chronicles is all i need that's that's pretty much it i don't i don't need any of the albums i the, the greatest hits it has pretty much everything i like i you know like some of the hits don't like some of the hits everything from grease under pressure on was just garbage to me just again <laughs> perfect for this show a little too proggy for me yeah. you know <laughs> but um yeah it, i don't know they're, they're okay i've seen them a bunch of times i've walked out on them a bunch of times which i know is sacrilege but you know at least three different times i went and saw mr big and left <laughs> wow. like, wow. i'm just not a fan i i some about Getty's voice just didn't jive with me. I know they're great musicians. I'm not trying to say that they're shitty musicians or anything. They're they're obviously world class, but I don't know. Long songs, songs about trees. No, nah, <laughs> yeah. not not my thing. All right. Well, Rush is not your thing, but what is your thing? Meaning the second choice on your list of albums from 2002. Um, I'm going to go back to my Mayhem Fest days, and I'm going with Kill Switch Engage, Alive or Just Breathing. Yes. Well, you, you, you just took one off of Brian's list. <laughs> it's a killer record. If I'm not mistaken, it's the last one Jesse did for, like, a long time, for yep. 15 years or something. Um, And it's to me, it's the last one that was just fire-breathing. You know, the... the when when they brought in Howard, they went a different direction, a little more melodic, I would say, where the, the earlier stuff was much, much heavier. Alive and Just Breathing was kind of that crossover both. Obviously, my, la my last serenade was huge for them. Uh, Fixation on the Darkness was a great, great tune on that record. Yeah. Um, and seeing them a bunch of times, they're... That that's kind of one of the themes of of my little list here is I've seen all these bands numerous times, and Killswitch was a, was a band. I'll be honest, I didn't really love Killswitch at first until I saw them, and then once I saw them, and you just saw that the energy that that Adam had and that Leech had, and then later even Howard Jones had in the band. Man, they just won you over, and so yeah, for me, alive and just breathing is is right there. Great record. I still listen to it all the time. It's a fantastic, fantastic disc. Awesome. That's <laughs> John's like, yeah, I've heard of them, but I've never seen them no, before. I'm familiar. I'm familiar. <laughs> like Chastity Crawley. That description, Chris. Long songs, songs about trees. Do you like the Lord of the Ro Lord of the Ring books? Tolkien books no pages describing trees. <laughs> Chris only writes. Chris only writes books. He does not read books. I don't read books. I just write them. You're 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 100 right. I've I've read like two yeah. in my life. That's the mark of a true writer, though. You you don't have time to read. You're too busy writing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I am too busy, not writing, but too busy. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know of. Uh, I know Killswitch. I I listen to them a little bit. It's not anything like I just. It's not like a go-to for me. But I I know some of their stuff. Um, oh yeah, name three songs. <laughs> I couldn't name a song. <laughs> I don't. I don't have to. Look, man. There's plenty of bands I know who they are, and I've listened to a few tunes, but I don't know about them. Yeah. I mean, it's just like okay, that's kind of cool. It's interesting to listen to, you know. Um, this this next band on my list might be one of those. This is going to be a weird one. And Chris, you're going to think I'm full of crap for this, and probably Brian too. But this is this is like a record by a band you would never think I listened to. But this particular record is just kind of the one that I, I, I fell into it a few years ago. And now this is just a mindless, dumb, heavy, repetitive, like 40-minute album of just, 
you know, if you want to just like grab a sledgehammer and pound something into dust. Uh, it was released on March uh, March 12th of 2002, and it is the sophomore effort from Hatebreed, Perseverance. I love so, that album. Are you kidding? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you and I have ever talked about the fact that I listen to Hatebreed here and there. So, like, yeah. you know. No, I, I love Hatebreed's great. That's the one with um, I, will I Will Be Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Perseverance, the breakdowns on that record are fucking ridiculous. Well, Am I supposed to not swear or swear? No, you, no you can swear in the show. All right, <laughs> I didn't remember, yeah. but um, um, yeah, that that record rules, man. I I forgot I should have that on my list, but I don't. But yeah, it's it's like it's one of the it's just like it, I mean it. it Hatebreed's one of those bands that falls under that, he, you know that that header that I just mentioned a few minutes ago of like it, yeah. it's repetitive all the time, mm-hmm. but it, it's like if you just like I, I listened to it the other day prepping for the show and it's like it's just like 40 minutes of just jamie josta screaming like like we are all together and we'll overcome you know yeah. with like super heavy heavy riffs and everything it's like some thrash there's some you know hardcore but like you said the breakdowns are just fucking brutal and i love yeah. that kind of stuff and it's got you know the production is heavy and you know, it's that early 2000s, like super crunchy, mm-hmm. like gainy, like guitar and everything. And um, oh, so, yeah. yeah, it's cool, man. It's got it's got some great tunes on there. I, I, I dig it. So my number two is Hatebreed. So I'll tell you a quick Hatebreed story for this album. We, Matt and I, when I was doing the metal show, we brought them in for a, like a meet and greet. It was supposed to be. We used to do these things called extreme sessions at a studio. Yeah. And for some reason, they couldn't come to the studio. We had to we had to shift day of to the to the um, venue. So and and with it, you know, it was like ten fans would get invited, and the band would come and jam two, three, four, five songs for the band. It was like a private sound check, which it was always fun. Hatebreed because they had to make everybody shift, and we we switched up on on everybody literally day of, and had to call everybody. They played like an hour. For for these for ten fans at nice. three o'clock in the afternoon, and midway through the set, Josta pulled out this big old cooler full of beer and uh-huh. set it on the floor at the um I forget where this was I think it was the Agora just set it on the floor at the Agora and everybody was drinking the beers and you know <laughs> the Jamie gave them while they jammed and then and then the band came off and grabbed some beers and took pictures and signed autographs it was the coolest thing and and we had a recording of it we have a recording of it somewhere actually still it, it was really fun They're, those guys are cool man oh, nice. that's, <laughs> that's fucking awesome man yeah they were fun yeah Jost is one of those guys that like again I don't follow the band too much but he just seems cool to me. Like he, you know, he's a metal fan, and he, you know, he does all those interviews. He had the Josta show, and like he's just a cool dude, man. He's like he's like the non dickhead, like loser version of Corey Taylor. You know? <laughs> like it's like Corey Taylor, just like he, it's like he's like a metal fan, but you you want to get behind that guy, but he's such a damn whiner and just the, it's mm. like shut up. Whereas Jamie Josta, you're like, dude, I want to go drinking with this guy. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all right, Brian. So, what do you have at number three on your list? I do want to bring up uh, JG three. We'll go through his list quick, quickly. He's got Vapor Trails, Rush. Uh, I lost it there. Did you? I will scroll do it? it. Go ahead. Yes. No, no, no. I say I'll, I'll do the comment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Pain of Salvation, Remedy, Coldplay, Rush of Blood to the Head, Maroon Five, Songs About Change. I'm surprised you don't. You're kind of a Maroon Five fan, John, or no? I'm not trying Absolutely to be funny here. Absolutely not. Okay. 
I actually yeah. thought you were. I wasn't trying to make a joke there. No. Okay. Uh, second five, Peter Gabriel, Porcupine Tree, uh, Flaming Lips, Symphony X, The Odyssey. I wonder if that's going to show up on anyone's list. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that's a good one. Sp- Spock's Beard, Snow. I know nothing about Spock's Beard. Is that the band you get into at all, Chris? <laughs> Come uh, yeah. on, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of those Neil Morse bands and Morse yeah. or whatever. Like, okay, yeah. that time I wasn't trying to be serious. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm down to number three. Okay, here's time for me to get annihilated. I've got Boston Corporate America. I wow. fully, <laughs> I fully admit I love everything Boston has ever done. It's absolutely over-the-top processing of the guitars and vocals. But it's beautiful ear candy to this 82-year-old man. You know, pr- production-wise, it still sounds like it was done using a four-track recorder, especially with those cheap, <laughs> fake, synsonic drums. And I don't know, but this is a Tom Schultz thing, and he is never going to get off of this this train of doing drums this way. I don't know what caused him to go this route, but that's what it is. But you still got Brad Delp on most of the songs. I mean, Brad Delp is one of the most incredibly, hauntingly beautiful, powerful voices in the history of rock. Nobody on the planet can sing like him in that range and that tone. Um, there's also, you know, there's also Fran Cosmo does lead vocals on this. There's kind of a, it almost sounds like an Oasis song, Stare Out Your Window, kind of a cool thing. <clears throat> but as usual, it, like every song other than that is about basically the pursuit and feeling of finding the one, you know, or being a teenager in love. It's like, I had a really good time. Didn't mean to fall in love. You gave up on love. No, these are not titles from Michael Bolton's greatest hits. (laughs) They're not the last two Celine Dion albums, but it's the majority of corporate America. The only thing that kind of breaks it up is the title track. It's like, uh, you know, Tom Schultz is kind of a renowned PETA EPA activist. So this is sort of like his rage against the machine I don't mean the way it sounds, but this is, you know, it's fighting back against them. But it's, you know, the song, again, it's got this huge melody and chorus. And it's like, you just if you find yourself not singing along to like 75% of this album, you know, then I, I don't know. I think you're like tone deaf melodically. And that, but that's how I've always been with Boston. So I, I know nothing about Boston. I just know who they are. So. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it's great grilling music. That's for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was waiting for that to use with oh. your propane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. I don't I don't I don't think Brian gets your joke there. I, no, he doesn't. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Turn the, the propane shit. up in the bathroom and get to it. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Well, all right. So what's what's number three on your list, Aiken? John, I know you'll hate this one since we're taking our shots. This will be my take my shot one. Um, Believe by Disturbed. I still okay. listen to this record a ton. Um, I love the song Liberate. I love the song Awaken. I, prayer was okay. I, I remember the funny thing is I remember the first time I heard it, I hated it. I hated right. especially prayer because the first record is so like in your face and angry. And yeah. then it was like, this is the way I pray. I was like, Ugh, who cares how you pray, you fuck? <laughs> You know, it was like, it was like, it, it was soft and I didn't like it, but the album grew on me. I still listen to it a lot, actually. And um, they're one of those bands that you either like them or you hate them. There's really no, I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, Disturbed, they're okay. You know, you, people just have a, a harshness to them or a, a total love. I guess I fall into total love. I I still like everything that they do. So that's my, that's my number, whatever we're at, number three. All right. Well, cool. I 
I met David Draymond. I met the band at the Rock Hall when they did when they're doing that MTV show where they would have like the band play live at the Rock Hall or whatever. And mm-hmm. super nice guy, super nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, Didn't I, you I was, and I see them live on, on this tour with Seven Dust. Yeah, I think we did yeah. on this tour. Yeah, was 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 that? I think that's the China tour. I was gonna say, there was man, <laughs> Brian. You don't know this story. <laughs> Go ahead, John. A, save it this for is, after the show, maybe. Uh, no, is, no, no, no. This okay. could be a little misogynistic, but it was funny. Like we were, so it was, it was like seven dust and disturbed. And there was some chick, like we were on the floor and up in the lower bowl of seating, there was there was some woman and she was like buff, like workout woman. And but she was wearing like chain mail or something for a top. And she kept like teasing people like she was going to pull her shirt up or something. And Aiken just screams out in the silence like, show us your tits, China. (laughs) It was amazing. That doesn't sound so, like him at all, though. I know. No, I know. It was so, a rare moment yeah. for me. That was, yeah, that was awesome. Well, I, oh, I don't know. If, I guess Tyson probably booked a while ago, but he's like uh, good buddies with whoever the current bass player is for Disturbed. He hung out with them there. John Moyer. Show and, John Moyer, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, so he's friends with him. So, we, and, and, and we're friends with him, so you know, we're friends with friends with the friend of, I guess. Uh, six, well, six, I'm friends six, with their current band. opening band. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're friends with everybody, Aiken, so like, you get to yeah, live right. your cool life. Uh, John's, <laughs> buddy, right. d- John's buddy, Discuss Metal Joe, has Corn Untouchables. I don't know if that probably isn't going to come up because I don't think either of you guys are huge Corn fans. That was kind of right outside my top eight. Yeah, I'm not a Corn guy. Never I like him, didn't love that album. No. Yeah, I think I think Joe makes a good point. He says, I still think some of those thin sounding rock records were made to sound bad on purpose because of fuck you, Napster. These MP- MP3 sound like garbage. So we'll do it that way. Like, I mean, yeah, that worked. You know, yeah, <laughs> it didn't work so good. But, you know, yeah. there you go. But uh, well, next on my list, I actually one of two live albums I actually have on my list from this year. Um, again, one of my favorite bands, the front man's a total dickhead, but. Uh, March 19th of 2002, I am going with Megadeth, Rude Awakening. Uh, you know, I, it's a damn long live album, which I like. They didn't, you know, cut out a lot of stuff, although they could have. I mean, when you put crap like Burning Bridges in there, you know, it's like, okay, like, whatever. But, um, you know, Dave Mustaine still sounds at the top of his game. You know, this was, um, you know, the end of the Cryptic Writings Tour, basically. Because it was before, uh, or let me think. Yeah, it would have to be because yeah, none of none of the that shitty album Risk is on there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean this is this is a great album. It's it's got some really cool cuts of it. You know, Kill the King is is really good. Uh, so so that was that was a cool um, that was a cool selection. I could have done without Return to Hanger, but that was you know you got Hook and Mouth on here. Almost Honest is kind of an underrated song for me. I think you got Ashes in Your Mouth. Uh, so, you know, there, there's some cool things on here, you know, train of consequences. There's some good stuff that you don't I, I think this was, you know, a good set list for them because it wasn't the typical. Here's sweating bullets, hangar 18, holy wars, peace cells in my darkest. Like there was actually some cool, like deeper cuts on this one. So I, I really like it. And, um, you know, as much as I think Jimmy DeGrasso and Al Petrelli were bad fits for the band, I think this is a cool-sounding record. So good production, good set list. So Megadeth, 
rude awakening. So I, I know. Nope. I know eight. Not nope. a fan. <laughs> Not a fan of Sabbath. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. JG3. Look at this, man. And how dare you talk about Risk? That album crushes that. Look at this. Stop. Pun. I oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This. Oh, God. Dude, of all their albums named after a board game, that was the most amazing. Oh. <laughs> Kale, thank you for the correction. He says it's World Meets a Hero Tour. That's why I, I couldn't remember the one between Cryptic Writings and. Uh, at risk well that was a rude shit. awakening for you then to get corrected huh john apparently it was apparently it was <laughs> all right so uh brian what do you have as number four? Oh, we, we missed one of kale's here uh he had let go by avril lavigne and he still listens to skater boy complicated anything but ordinary and we're supposed to sue him no i'm not going to sue you kale you ever notice that like people have these lists and go okay don't at me <laughs> yeah. you know like god well, look you like it you like it i mean what what the yeah. hell all right where are we at number four yeah. Uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on this. I know Bob Hurd loves this album. I've got Ra from one. Uh, love the killer Middle Eastern intro. You know, obviously, that's kind of the heritage of these guys. That that was their big hit, Do You Call My Name. They're kind of a heavier version of Incubus. There's a little bit of flavors of STP along the way. Uh, second song, Rectifier. Absolutely love the riff on that. It's one of those songs that's able to mix a clean and distorted riff kind of going at the same time which is always killer the bass really drives it um i will say maybe at 12 songs i maybe cut just a couple off of here it's a little bit front loaded but some tracks at the end a song called scorn that's spelled s-k-o-r-n which i think is almost borderline paying um, um oh, is it homage or homage to corn <laughs> uh, i don't think i don't think that's a coincidence i'm not even kidding on that one probably um, not there's a cool, really atmospheric, kind of contemplative uh, song called Walking and Thinking. It's a nice uh, overall balance between heavy and light, and it makes the album stand up on its own as being unique. And uh, I don't know, I always think it's kind of cool on an acoustic kind of song when you can actually hear the, you know, the, the hands being moved on the frets. You know, it's just like a little, I know yeah. in production they try to take all that out, but sometimes when you can just hear just a hint of it over a cool song, it really sort of sells it at being real. And uh, I don't know. I just like this album. This band has never really gotten a ton of acclaim or anything. I think they were kind of a one or two album wonder and just sort of faded away. Maybe they're still floating around. I don't know. But I think this is a cool album. Well, they're definitely still floating around because I'll be broadcasting from their show on March the 19th with um, Them, Flaw, Soil, and um, Union Underground from the oh, Winchester. Nice. So nice. they're Jeez. definitely still around. And, and, and if you watch the CMS Network, see, I just turned this right into a, <laughs> into a spot. <laughs> into a but <laughs> yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to see how good they sound now, you can just tune in on Rumble or on um, the CMS Network to watch it on the 19th from from the Winchester. Oh, sweet. Is our good friend Matt Wardlaw going to be there? Because he's tuning into our show. It says, besides the trees, of course. Look at, man, oh, man. What a misleading picture that is of him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. He actually looks worse than that? Oh, yeah. He, he, is, he, is, not a, he is not an attractive man. So that's not <laughs> an amazing picture anyway. So. Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt is a very good friend, but boy, he looks like the south end of a northbound horse. So there you go. I'm of, I'm of course, I'm of course saying this because he can't fight back right now. Right. <laughs> so, I was gonna say he looks like the that. Put that picture back up. Doesn't he look like he could be like the roadie for REM or something? <laughs> he, he does. He's the guy that brings Michael Stipe his lattes. That's right. 
glass of cum. <laughs> oh, God. He says, Matt Wardlaw will definitely be in attendance and F you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you, Matt. That's awesome. Uh, for those of you uh, show veterans, Matt's actually the, my buddy who we did. Uh, I did the score episode with. So, yeah. and, and now the drinking game, you can bring it. You can you can do your drinks because I mentioned score. So there we go. Um, all right, Chris. So number four on your list. It's a band you and I and the lovely Stephanie have seen live um, within the last decade. Um, a band that I wanted to meet. And um, of course, you guys got to meet and I got to interview the guy I didn't want to meet. Um, <laughs> um, Lacuna Coil came out with their breakout record with a, what is it, Kamalis or Kamalis, whatever, C-O-M-A-L-I-E-S. That came out um, in 2002. Great record. I I love, 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 love Christina Scabia to death. I She is just sexy as fuck. And, and I absolutely love her. Her voice is fantastic. And I really don't like this kind of music, to be honest. Like, there's a ton of these kind of bands that are out there, the Within Temptations and the Nightwish and, you know... But Lacuna Coil was a little bit heavier than those bands, which is what I liked yeah. about them. But if you ever listen to this record, man, Heaven's a Lie is just a great song. You know, I mean, it's a fantastic tune. Entwined was another great tune. It's a, it it just was like, it broke me into that band and I still listen. I Every time they put out something new, I can't wait to to hear it and see it and whatnot. And, and we did have fun that night when we went and saw them, didn't we, John? Yeah, we did. That was a damn good time. That was fun. That was yeah. That was um, yeah. We were Steph and I were talking to Morgan Rose of Seven Dust. That was yeah. that was kick ass. I love Seven Dust. That was. But then you yeah, ran it, into Christina when I was supposed to interview Christina. Instead, I got Andrea Farrow, the guy. I yeah. was like, what the hell? This sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, like drove were, to do it. It, it wasn't yeah, like it was, it was here in Cleveland. It was in Indiana, right? Fort Wayne. Yep. It was at yeah. uh, Pierre's Entertainment Center. Yeah. <laughs> good Look stuff there though. we go chastity crawley says chris i never hear anyone mention nightwish they are amazing until tarja left no right. yeah, well okay jg3 is a nightwish fan so my, my number four by the way is uh i'm going to skip because that is my number one record of the year okay uh so i'm going to my next one so technically fourth for me um th these guys i think their first three records are all great if i remember right this is the third album um I think this is a criminally underrated band, and I think they're kind of. I, I think you hear a lot of bands that sound like this now, so I think this it was this kind of stuff was just catching on. But it is very kill switch engage ish to me a little bit. Not, I don't think quite as melodic. Van uh, Halen? No, there's no Van Halen that year. <laughs> um, we would have to wait another decade for the greatness that is a different That's kind right. of truth. Um, no, it was released on September seventeenth of two thousand two. Uh, that would be Shadows Fall, The Art of Balance. That is Shit. a goddamn good record, man. I'm pissed because I didn't know this. That did not come up when I was searching. Otherwise, I would have had that on there. Yeah. That's, that's, in, um, that, that's one of my, that's like my 10. It, yeah, it, it that, was on my list, too. Dude, that, this, this record just slams. Mm -hmm. It's so goddamn good. I, I, what's the second record? The one before it is I, I prefer a little bit more. Something, The War Within. Yeah, the I, I love yeah, the War I, Within. Yeah, that's the one I prefer a little bit more. But um, 
I just this record is so cool, man. And again, Shadows Falls a band I don't really hear people talk a lot about, but I know people like a lot of bands that sound like them. So I don't really think they really got a fair shake. You know, oh, I mean, it's because they were buried on Century Media. Yeah. That was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff, and, and it does sound kind of similar to a lot of things, I suppose. But you know, I I love it. I mean, th- this record, top to bottom, is just awesome. I mean, it's a little front loaded for me, but I, you know, this is, you know, a band I could listen to repeatedly because it's like it's heavy, but they vary it up and stuff like that. It, it it does get repetitious, I suppose, this style, but I can actually listen to this kind of repetition because there's enough musicality to it that, you know, there's a lot going on to the ear. So, I, you yeah. know, obviously, Andane went on to play in Anthrax. He's playing with them now. So and Jason um, Bittner was in that lineup, too, and he's played with who else, you know, everybody. So, yeah, basically. Isn't he so, an overkill? Overkill, I think, I think he's so. an overkill now. Yeah, he's yeah. been in on the last two, three albums, I think. Yeah, great players, man. They're they're doing something now, aren't they? Didn't aren't they doing? They a are. Comeback record yeah, yeah they're 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 recording right now, so that'll be good. Hell yeah, I'll take that. Sweet. Um. All right. So moving on to number five, Brian. What do you have? All right. Well, quick before I get that, I got to do the rest of. We have a couple lists here in the messages. I got to do so. The rest of Steve Maloney's list. Uh, here's one that may be coming later. I don't know. Down two. He has. Um, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Last DJ, George Harrison, Brainwashed. I don't know if anyone's going to have that on their list. Um, Sean Faust, I'll do his real quick. Tori Amos, Scarlet's Walk. I know Chris is waiting to do that one. <laughs> you got <Yeah>. my number one. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have anything against Tori Amos. He says that's his favorite album of theirs. He has two lateralists, and that's actually wrong. That's 2001, I think, I, because I would have caught that. Even Flaming. if it was 2002, it would still be wrong. Okay, let's on. let's mute you. Uh, Flaming Lips, that came up before. With Tenacious yeah. D, uh, D Fun Pack. I, I don't know what I think of Tenacious D, other than I don't. I know do not like. I know what I do. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of funny, but you know, emphasis really very strong. You know, he's also big into film scores, so he's got uh, Attack of the Clones on here for you, John, and the score oh, okay. from uh, Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings, also. Okay. Look now, John Very likes cool. Tenacious D because yeah. because he likes no. the score to the, <laughs> yeah. the dude. Yeah, dude. Jack Black just tries way too hard to be funny. I'm that, not a fan of Tenacious D. It's just it's it is just one of those things where it's like, hey, look how funny I am. Like, well, when you do that, you're not funny. I, I like 100 agree. But like, I'm okay in everything else, but especially with the music, I do think it's way too like trying too hard. All right, number five. I can't wait to see somebody spit out their beer on this one. I've got the Donnas spend the night. The I remember, Donnas. Look I re- at the look on Aiken's face. <laughs> I remember I remember buying the CD after I heard the song Take It Off on one of the I don't know if it was maybe it wasn't MMS. Was 923 still around? I don't even know what was around then. 92? It was 2002. It was 92. Yeah. Okay. Um I don't think I even stop the CD. I played the whole damn thing through. It's like spend the night. It's like 1978 to 1982 teenage female angst on full display. It's like the rock star parents went on vacation, forgot to lock up the basement. You know, the babysitters got into dad's Marshall stack and the strats and the SGs. It's like a perfect mix of Rick Nielsen riff, Ramones, Runaways, guitar driven. It's like just garage pop. You know, it owes way more to, you know, that era of, like, late 70s, early 80s than it does 2002. Now, I'll be the first to say, lyrically, 
this stuff makes Gene Simmons look like Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, who cares? On the rocks, take it off. Who invited you? I mean, we don't care if you think our party's cool. We don't care if you have more fun in Sunday school. I mean, these are amazing ones. Jesus. And then the next Ramones. Jesus. And then the next song is actually called I Don't Care. You know, I was working overtime. Now I just want to walk out. I just tried to make him mine. It's not like he's a knockout. (laughs) These songs are. Wow. I mean, the, the lyrics are awesome, but man, that these like just buzzsaw guitars, like pass it around. It's like, do we need a song about the person at the party who bogarts all the booze and weed and refuses to share it? Yeah, we do. If it's done by the Donnas, you know, if you, if you don't pass it around, we'll run you right out of this town. <laughs> it, it, I'm trying it, to I'm trying to envision the actual theme of the show. So you walk into the record store and you're like, you know, it's six degrees of inner turbulence. Please. Oh, you don't have. Well, then give me the Donnas. OK, yeah. that'll be a good second choice. <laughs> exactly. I feel excuse me. I'm going to put on some bell bottoms, jump in the time machine and I'll transport myself to the nearest roller rink in 1979. So I can cruise around. Oh, God. It's like you walked into the record store and said, give me the smartest thing. Oh, you don't have that? Well, give me the stupidest thing (laughs) on the rack. Jesus, Uh, dude. Come on. It it is dumb. It's it's, it's really brain dead. But, man, I I love the guitars and I love the melodies. It's just just fun. Speaking of dumb, JG3 says, hey, Ted Nugent made a record in 2002. (laughs) Ted Nugent is shit on a stick. I fucking hate that guy. I hate Ted Nugent. He can just jump off, take a long leap off a short bridge. Fuck that guy. Hate him. Hate him, 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 hate him. So, Chris, what is number five on your list? It would be the ultimate Ted Nugent. No. Penetrator Remix 2002. That's right. Now, for me, number whatever we're at at this point would be Cold Chamber, Dark Days. Um, they were a mess, and, and by the time they did this record, they were absolutely all just drugged out of their mind. They were a total yeah. mess. They all hated each other. The way I've heard it was, if they did a record, they didn't have to. They didn't have to pay back a lot of the the money that they had already taken. So they they trudged through this record, and the fact that they hated each other so much made a killer record. It's I, I love this record. To me, it's the best record of the Coal Chamber catalog, which I know that's not really saying a whole lot with I think <laughs> what three records, but yeah. But um Dark Days, you know, something told me was awesome. I don't know why they always had some obsession with vehicles, but you know, first they gave us the big truck. On this one, they gave us the rowboat. And and just like <laughs> Big Truck, it's an awesome song. Rowboat is an awesome song. So I don't know. Cold Chamber was one of those bands. I'm I'm quite happy that they did break up and form Devil Driver, which is probably my number one or two favorite extreme metal band of all time. Um, So I like where they went to, but this was kind of the last gasp of them reaching into new metal and new metal was dying at this point as well. So, you know, it, it was kind of their last reach into new metal and they hated each other, which made for a great record. So dark days for me, Cole Chamber. Okay. It's a band I never got into. Um shocking. Thing. Yeah, well <laughs> it's not my thing. You know, there was uh, I, but then a lot of those a lot of those bands like Cole Chamber in the early two thousands, I, I didn't really I, I wasn't like really that into. 
So I was I was into some of the cleaner new metal shit. I think okay, you know which I, I do. Crazy have, Town. No, not that. no. <laughs> oh no, I, I have an example of one coming up. Don't don't worry. Come okay, my lady, come come my lady. But uh, so so the 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 fifth one on my list is the second live album on the list, and uh, it is it is a live album by a band who actually uh, hadn't played with this lineup in six years at the time this was released. So I don't know the story behind it, Chris. You probably do, but I'm really glad they put this out because the original lineup of this band absolutely slays. No offense to the current lineup, but I am talking about released on September 24th, 2002. It is Sepultura's Under a Pale Gray Sky. So I love a lot of, yeah, dude, dude, the early, like the the Max, the Max Sepultura stuff I love. And, and, And the Derek stuff is, is good too. I just I love like Arise is one of my all time favorite thrash records. Um, Chaos AD I think anybody who likes metal likes that one. And again, th- like like the Megadeth record, this one is really long. There's a ton of stuff here. Um, it's got you know some really you know I, the one thing I will say about this though is that man I, Igor Cavalera, son of a bitch, that guy was either on coke when he played live (laughs) or he just did not have a concept of the fact that he had guitar players playing with him because I mean, his tempos, Holy Jesus. He's real fast. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. I'm like, we listen to something like territory, which is, you know, it's the middle part supposed to be like, they're literally playing a like, he's like double the time going, bro. You better not be doing that shit when you get to like morbid visions and you know beneath the remains tunes because otherwise you're gonna have arms falling off <laughs> up in front of you, dude. So, uh, yeah. So I I love this one again. I I could do without the root stuff. I I know that's gonna be probably sacrilege, but I was not a fan of the roots record. Um, I just don't really dig it. But you know, it's got a bunch of really great old shit. You know, beneath the remains, mass mass hypnosis is on here. Desperate cry, troops of doom. Um, you know, a bunch of stuff off of KSAD, of course. Um, just a great. It's live real record. long. I do know that. It's it's what two CDs? Like it's yeah. it's it's like three hours long. It's like they took multiple shows and weaved it all together. Yeah, if I remember says- right, it was a con- it was a contract thing. It was. Roadrunner had the rec- had the recordings to it, and they weren't selling. Or I think that's right when Sepultura might have left when the the you know Derek Sepultura left. So they had this to put out, and that was kind of the the transition. Yeah. I could be wrong on that, but I believe no, that's I, what that was. I think I read that too. I mean, it's it's an hour and forty eight minutes long, and they they say it was recorded at one show at Brixton Academy in London, but. Yeah, it's two discs, and there's a lot. There's there's 15 songs on the first disc, and then 13 on the second. So, um, I I love it. Like you know, the original lineup of Sepultura to me is awesome. And so this was. I'm glad. I'm glad this exists, even if it is just a contractual obligation. So, sure. Uh, Brian, number six on your list. Let you me, can also let me unmute myself here. I was gonna say. Uh, number six, I do have the first repeat of the night, uh, echoing Chris Aiken. It, it's funny how two people can have like totally different ways they came to the same band. So I'm the exact opposite. I actually came on board uh, for the second uh, Howard album, and that's how I found Kill Switch. Absolutely okay. love Howard's voice. I still love it. I still think 
um, what what is the name of that album? It's the one after uh, End of Heartache. Um, I can't, um, can't think of it right now, quick. of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I mean, this n- n- number days the great juxtaposition of the heavy and clean vocals. That's why I love Kill Switch. I think they're the only band that has figured out a way to pull that off. Like he said, fixation on the darkest, that riff. Oh my God. I mean, that's one of those riffs that that's going to stay on the test of time, you know, serenade, huge anthem. That was their hit. Um, Temple from within the haunting element of one. Um, just, I, I don't know. I just think these guys kind of just sort of rewrote the book on how metal guitar goes with these kind of bouncy staccato riffs. And it's very similar to a band that John brought up, Shadows Fall. I just think that Killswitch has found a way to do it with throw a little bit more melody in there. And that's what I like about them the most. I think this is just a just a, a killer album. And I think I think Jesse, the last few albums, like his return album, I'd still say is one of, I think is one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, and I, I've liked kind of everything they've done since. I'm really excited to see what this new album is they've been working on, and the, the other stuff he does with Jesse is, is great too. And you're going to get a Howard record, right? Howard and and Adam are doing an album together, yeah, right, under yeah, a different Howard, name. Yeah, Howard and Adam are doing something. I'm really excited to hear that. Um, you know, I I don't know. I just think I just think Adam is one of those guys that's just so underrated. I mean, his you know his playing is just unbelievable. Yeah, he's hopefully, hopefully they come up with a better band name for that than uh, Howard's band, Light the Torch. That was the stupidest <laughs> yeah. band name I've heard in a long time. <laughs> That's just terrible. Yeah, not it's, a it's, great name. Light, Light the Torch is going on tour with Open the Window. Like, let's... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of uh, When Daylight Dies. That's the first Howard yeah. album I heard. And, okay. Uh, I, I, I love that album. I love End of Heartache. I mean, I just, to me, there's not. Kill Switch uh, is great. Yeah. They're 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 just a great band. You know, and, and there was a lot of bands that try it's funny because they had success and then a bunch of bands tried to to have that same sound and none of them could do it. You know, the you know, Shadows Fall was close, they had similar sound. God forbid, um Unearth. You know, there was a bunch of bands that came out trying to do that exact same thing and none of them were as good. I mean uh, oh, I would argue God forbid was better than all of them, but that's just me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, Chris, what is next on your list? We are at number uh, number six. Number six for me, the one behind me, Cataclysm, Shadows and Dust. This is some heavy, meaty, heavy, heavy, meaty shit. <laughs> and I can't, they're my favorite death metal band of all time. And I know when you hear that, you're just thinking, <laughs> you know you're thinking that's what it is these guys they're i i i've argued forever that they are the band that introduced um death deathcore the deathcore sound because they mix in just a hint of melody and some of the breakdown stuff they do different stuff um mauricio vocally he does stuff that you can understand with the growling with the screaming he goes all different directions and this record this is the one this one and then the next one where the two um the two are they're they're both right in there but they have never done anything bad and this one here is just so fucking heavy and the the tune on it bound in chains if you're looking for a place to start 
you just play that tune, you turn it up really loud. And if you survive it, then you know that you're meant to listen to it because it's, <laughs> it's really, really heavy. This is a very extremely heavy record, but goddamn if it isn't brilliant. So Cataclysm, Shadows and Dust for me at number six. So is this band still around then? or? Oh, yeah. They put yeah. out a record uh, six months ago okay. yep, called Goliath. Yeah, I love them. I, 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 dude, funny, real quick, funny story on this dumb band. Um, there was a Brave Words had their Brave Words Festival here, and they asked me to do intros for some of the bands, me and Bill Peters, who's local DJ here. And yeah. they had some guys from Brave Words that came down, and we were all taking turns doing intros. And I got asked to intro Cataclysm because I really was digging them at the time. And I got up on stage, and this was, was that St. Anger era Metallica, maybe? Yeah, it was right before. Right, so it would have been Reload era Metallica. But it was when everybody hated Metallica in the metal world. That's so I get should. up on... And I get up on on stage and I get everybody chanting, fuck Metallica, fuck Metallica. <laughs> you know, I get everybody in the whole Odeon, which is sold out, chanting, fuck Metallica. And, um, of course, Brave Words was trying to work something out with an interview with Metallica. Oh, no. <laughs> so I come off the stage and uh, Metal Tim from Brave Words and uh, Mark Groman, they were screaming at me, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and I was like, and I just was like, this isn't Metallica fucking sucks. If you want real metal, you want Cataclysm. And I brought, you know, I was just hyping everybody up for Cataclysm, but I brought them on. And what was funny is even now, Maurizio, I, I just talked to him maybe six months ago and he, he, he brought it up to me. He's like, you remember that time when we did this? And I was like, yeah, dude, of course I remember that. So just fun time, man. I love those. I Love me some cataclysm, man. Always have, always will. That's awesome. Well, I well the next one on my list is actually right up there in terms of heaviness, uh, <coughs> with good chart or with that uh, good shot. Um, with cataclysm, uh, it actually is since I just said the band name, October first of two thousand two. It's you know uh, also death metal, obviously. Good Charlotte, the young and the hopeless. <laughs> oh, so, Jesus Christ. Here we go. <laughs> um. It's it's one of those like guilty pleasure listens for me. Uh, I, I I like a lot of pop punk stuff, um, songs. I can't say I like a lot of bands and full records, but I like most of this album. And of course, it's again a common, you know, a common record to like because it's got the anthem lifestyles of the rich and famous, and you know, boys and girls. And but I mean, it's got some other stuff that you know, album cuts that are really good. And it's you know, it's just a catchy record. It's very well produced, and. Um, yeah, not, not too much to say about it. Like I say, it's a definitely a guilty pleasure listen, and it drives my wife bananas when I play it in the car. <laughs> she does not like pop punk at all, so just not a fan of it. You know, we actually, in brother, believe me, we added lifestyles of the rich and famous recently, so that's a fun tune to play. It gets people bouncing and dancing, especially if they're drunk. So, just a good fun listen. You know, especially in a year where most of my stuff was you know heavy. So. Um, you know, I know it's nothing you guys would get into, but it's, you know, again, a guilty pleasure. Listen for me. Good Charlotte. So girls just, don't like cars. Girls like boys and money. And, yes. Oh, wait, I got that backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gr boys will laugh at girls when they're not funny. Right. It, it, it's, it's funny how prophetic the song is, you know. I actually it's, do. I actually do like that album. I didn't realize that came out. It didn't come up on my list. So I'm not going to ding yeah. you for that one. I, I, I don't <laughs> like the. I don't mind the tunes on that one. 
I'll get dinged for my next one. So you know, uh, I've never uh, heard it, so I have nothing to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 punky and poppy and catchy, dude. It's like it's like radio pop rock. So you know, it's it's cool. So um, all right. So Brian, number seven for you. Uh, quick, before I go into that, this uh, Queens of the Stone Age songs for the deaf. I knew that someone was going to bring that up. Uh, I know that I don't think either of you guys are huge fans of Queen of the Stone Age. I actually liked a couple of the albums after that, like Clockwork and Villains. I really liked those. Uh, not surprised that came in there. Nothing by Meshuga. You a Meshuga fan, Chris? I do like them. I didn't like them at the time, but I like them a lot more now. Yeah. 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 Cool band. All right. So here's my, where am I at? Number seven? Yep. All right. Uh, this is John's favorite band, Audio Slave. Okay. Self titled. <laughs> You know what? Uh, to me, this is what I thought that Black Sabbath 13 album should have been. Quick to the point of riffing. Like this Rick Rubin, oh, these guys, are they, they're not a metal band. They're a blues band. Like he should have given us more Supernauts, more Paranoids, and way less Planet Caravans, right, when he was putting that together. But, man, I mean, the opening drag across the frets for Cochise on this, your head spinning, it's like – killer rock opener um look I, I know i know chris cornell isn't for anyone but i challenge to find a better rock performance he puts on on this first audio slave album maybe super unknown but you know show me how to live like a stone gasoline i mean dude sounds like he drank four gallons of 89 octane but you know in a good way i mean there's the, the groove the riffs to me it just all works to a t for audio slave it's the perfect blend of heavy and light you know, a song like I Am the Highway into Exploder, like that set it off, set it off now, children. It's super high, just scream. I mean, to me, this is like Audio Slave, all they needed to do was do this one album. If they would just done this one album, it would have been perfect. The other two are okay, but, you know, it loses its thing after, you know, the second and third time. I just think this is the perfect slab of a perfect mixture of musicians, and I just think they really pulled it off with something pure and fresh, and it doesn't sound contrived. Yeah, I, radio I guess I, music I, pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just again the, the Chris Cornell thing kind of the it, it does it in for me, and I was not a, I was not a Rage fan. Um, I actually performed an Audio Slave song for a lot of years. We got the whip. I don't think that's on this one. No, that's but uh, that's on the other one. But yeah, I, I just I mean, from what I understand, if you're into if you're into Rage, it's it's pretty damn good. So. Just not, you know, not not my cup of tea, but I know a lot of people dug it. It was real popular at the time. So, you know, cool. But again, it was it was Radio Soundgarden, which for me didn't work. It just, you know, I, I it's OK. I don't hate it. But last time I played it was probably when I was at MMS. Just, <laughs> right. Right around this time, I guess. So they they definitely picked the safest stuff on the radio. I think there's some killer stuff in the deeper cuts. You probably would dig a little more, you know. Maybe, maybe because I do like Soundgarden. I'm not John. I don't. I don't hate Cornell. I actually think Cornell's fantastic. But well, I, no, I, I okay. I, I think he's a fantastic vocalist. I just can't stand the tone of his voice. It was one of yeah? Those. You're wrong, but that's okay. Whatever, dude. You think Kid Rock is like <laughs> fucking genius? So I don't need to hear. You're that wrong shit. on that one too. Oh, you're full of crap. Shut up. We argue about that. I mean, Diamond time. Records? That's what I thought. He's so not at a least genius. 10, at least 10 million people repeatedly like what I like, but that's okay. Oh, who gives a shit? I got Van Halen over that, so eat my nuts. Um, no diamonds. Oh, yes. They have two of them, you big dummy. Oh, so then they're even with Kid Rock. I got it. Oh, give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. All right. Anyway, all right. So moving on to your number seven. Number seven for me, uh, Soulfly, three. Great record. Brutal. It's it's like Primitive was not as brutal as the first record was. And then they came back with three, and it's just a murder cycle, man. It, it is just punishing. Um, and like Downstroy was a great tune. Uh, Seek and Strike was a great tune. Uh, they do a song, um, the one song, One, which is not the Metallica song, but they brought in um, Christian from um, Il Nino to sing on it as well. So, you know, it it really, it, for me, it was, it was like the perfect time. And I'm, I'm a Cavalera guy. I love Matt. I mean, I like yeah. the other Sepultura too. I really, really do. I think people that wrote them off have missed a ton of great metal with the Derek Green stuff, but... That being said, Max, I don't care what it is. If Max is in it, I'm listening to it. It could be that Go Ahead and Die, or it can be, you know, whatever that record is, that project is he does with Dillinger. Doesn't matter oh, to me. If, field is awesome, yeah. You know, any of the stuff. Nail Bomb, Soulfly, Cav Conspiracy, it's all good to me. And Soulfly 3 stayed in my player a lot during, mm-hmm. during that time, so... For me, number seven, Soulfly three. I have I have to admit I I'm I'm with you with the Max Cavalera thing. Um, I I don't listen to a ton of those projects post Sepultura, um, but I love uh, the Killer Be Killed records. Like I just said, um, I think Nail Bomb is one of the greatest band names ever. You know, we we're talking about stupid band names earlier, and that's a great one. Like if you if you if you're like, hmm, I want to buy a new record by a band I don't know. I'm going to pick something heavy, hmm. right? What am I going to pick? Oh, here's called Nail Bomb. I think I'm pretty safe buying this, and, and I'm going to get something you know heavy. But wait, so. here's the Donnas. Maybe I should. Never mind. <laughs> the Donnas making their comeback. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, spe- speaking of uh, Cavalera uh, and Cavalera Conspiracy, something I listened to again today, and I know, Aiken, you call it the fucky effect on the, on the classic metal show. But, dude... Max and Igor re-recording those two first uh, uh, Sepultura oh, uh, records, Morbid Visions and Bestial whatever. Devastation, uh, yeah. Yeah, Bestial Devastation. Dude, those are awesome. Yeah, they I mean, are. It, it, way, way too much reverb on Max's voice, but that's kind of how the vocals sounded back then. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, those things just rip. And it's not it, – you know, some of these bands, when they, get, when, they, when they go back in the studio and re-record their stuff, like if it's thrash, it slows down. They did not nope. do that with this. They Man, just, it's faster. Exactly. It's fat and it's tighter. Like the tightness is oh my God, it's just so good. So if you guys like that sort of thing, if you guys are into the first two uh Sepultura records, check out the re-recorded versions by Cavalier Conspiracy. They're fucking awesome. Yep. So speaking of fucking awesome, and uh, I'm going to put on my hat, strap in uh some war gear, jump down in the in the trenches in my foxhole as I'm about to take the beating of all beatings. Uh, this record was released on November 5th of 2002. And uh, all I have to say is if you don't like this record, if you're going to shit on me for it, um, um, back down, I'll take you on. Uh, headstrong for anyone. The debut record by Trapped. I'm a huge fan oh. of that record. Yeah. Oh. Huge, huge fan, man. Sorry. And uh, like not full records, but like there's a bunch of songs on records after that that I, that I like. So... And I know that's like absolute heresy, Oof. but they they got some catchy shit to me. 
So, I mean, the, the singer's a complete moron, but, you know. <laughs> JG, JG3 slowly pulls out Club. <laughs> Didn't they have a song that sounded like a song by that band called Gatlin or something somebody said one time? No, that's Taproot. That's Taproot. Oh, Shut oh, up. I, I can't tell I can't tell those bands yes. apart that start with a T and end with, end with a T. Shut up. JG3 squints eyes but puts away club. <laughs> yeah, we were accused of ripping off Taproot, which is which is bullshit. But um yeah, I mean, dude, kill me for it, but this has a lot of catchy tunes on it. Um Headstrong, I mean that's an obvious one, but you know, I I just the guy writes some cool hooks, man. And I think musically, like the musicians that played in this band throughout their history are actually pretty underrated. There's there's some pretty good playing on these albums, and that of course never ever gets talked about because you know Trapped is a popular whipping boy and for good reason, especially lately with this guy just spewing his politics everywhere. Which just shut the fuck up and play your music, you know. But um, yeah, I you know kick my ass all you want, I. I dig this record, so it, it, it's number seven on my list, leaving only my number one. So, oof. I'd rather be. That's all I'll say is oof. It, well, <laughs> I I knew it was not going to be a popular selection. So, I'd rather be trapped in a closet under a refrigerator, I don't know, <laughs> in a burning airplane. <laughs> all these all these international viewers and 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 listeners just dropped off the show. They're like, wait a minute, this guy's talking Dream Theater, but he likes Trapped. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. All credibility lost. That's right. It's, it's no Donna's, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> JG3 again. He says, can you ever really be underrated if you just suck? <laughs> That's a good point, man. It's a very good point. All right. So we are down to the last uh, albums on our list. I, I saved my favorite one for last. So, Brian, what is your number eight? By no surprise to anyone, it's Symphony X The Odyssey. Yep. So my first uh, encounter ever with them was on Gigantor. I knew nothing about Symphony X, and um, I heard the song. The first song I ever heard was Inferno. I think I went and looked it up. Um, did we have YouTube back then? I heard it somewhere. Actually, it might have been on. It might have been on Napster or one of the yeah. file sharing services, which was not legal at the time. Uh, yeah, man, Inferno. I mean, ugh, the guitar. You know, the guitars are super upfront and heavy. You know, it, it's Said it a million times. It's good modern Ingve, you know, with 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 great vocals, you know, uh, wicked, kind of a Pantera feel to that one. Um, incantations of the Apprentice, you know, the harmonies are great. Of course, the title track. I mean, it's amazing. You know, twenty three minutes or whatever it is. I got to see it live last time they played here. Of course, they're going on tour again, and they're missing Cleveland. Um, you know, as usual. But uh, I was lucky enough to get to see them play the Odyssey in its entirety. And just Russell Allen, I mean, I said it before, there is no better, I don't think, voice rock-wise with that heaviness, get that soul, you know, get that melody. Like, just he is absolutely untouchable. He's Dio in his prime right now to me. Love the guy's voice, and I love Michael Romeo's playing. And uh, just a killer album. If you want, if you're looking for some place to start with uh, Symphony X, you know, there's probably not any better one to go with than the Odyssey. It's a great record. There's no question about that one. And Michael Romeo's a monster. John, I'm surprised you're not more into Symphony X than you are. I know you like them, but I don't think you've ever dug into them enough to really dig in because they're like they're like Dream Theater on steroids. In most cases, they really are. Hey, you might want to unmute yourself, dickhead. He sounds amazing, though. Sorry. Um, 
yeah, I sorry, I've been coughing, so I muted myself. Um, yeah, Brian and I did an episode of discography discussion, and we went through the entire catalog of Symphony X, and it's cool. I I like the the more like the more recent records just from a production standpoint, obviously. Sure. Um, I'm I'm on record as saying that the goddamn keyboard player from Symphony X never ever made much money because he still has the same effing keyboard in <laughs> you know 2022 24 that he used in 1985 and it sounds atrocious. Um, but yeah, I mean I like I like him. That's I I not think true. It's very true, and you ought to on know the, that. On, as a on no, on those older albums, yes, but not on the newer stuff. Come on, man. Whatever. But no, I mean, my thing with with them is, I think some of the symphonic metal like this, I like it, but it gets a little too. It it just sounds a little pretentious to me, just the teeniest bit, which which is a weird word to use when you know you have a podcast about dream theater. But you know, dream theater is you know that's like musical and all, but but you know. It's very musical and it's extreme and it's you know, but I think a band like Symphony X gets kind of into the, the soaring symphonic and I just, I like that sound but not a ton, so I think okay. that's why I, I really appreciate Symphony X and I could easily listen to them. I mean, I, when when they announced that tour, Brian, honestly, I looked to see if if there was a Cleveland date, I'd, I'd go see them, if for no other reason than to see Michael Romeo. But that's definitely a band I could see live. But um, I just don't go out of my way to listen to them too much. So, but okay. I mean, very very good. So, yeah, I think that's the one, JG. That's I, I would say that's my favorite too. JG says Paradise Lost was the album that really got him into Symphony X. I, I think, yeah, that, that Paradise Lost is the one for me too. This was so. also the first album that the production really kind of went almost to the next level. Now you know yeah. it, w- it went even farther once they got on the the super major label. But yeah. of of the earlier records, this is one took a giant leap, and then they took that leap to like full, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, record, pretty, uh, you know, budget behind them on Paradise yeah. Lost. Yeah, because yeah, sure. those last two are great. Iconoclast is iconic. That yeah. is a that's a killer record. There, that's yep. that's probably their untouchable to me. But yep, and I agree about him. Russell Allen. By the way, oh, he's phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Aiken. Since we only got a few minutes left with you, because you are off doing another show at nine o'clock. Yes, I um, am. Uh, number one for me, uh, down two, bustle in your hedgerow. Uh, Every song is great on it. Um, that being said, it's a different record than Nola. Nola was Nola was like Southern Fried Pantera to me. You know, it, it it really was heavier. This was a little more Led Zeppelin-y, which obviously the title should give yeah, that away. But um, exactly, you know, it's like if if Phil Anselmo decided to do kind of stoner blues that this is what this record was and it and it worked you know like stained glass stained glass cross great tune um new orleans is dying horror killer live i don't know if you ever saw them on this tour but when they played that song live it was fantastic and and it's a great record it, it stands up today has really good production it's the the lone down record that has great production from start to finish uh, so yeah, for me, down two would be my number one with a bustle in your head row. Awesome, yeah. I, I need I need to go listen to that again because I I still I still don't know what I necessarily think of the first down album. I don't like I don't hate it. I don't love it. So now you have my interests uh, talking about the Zeppelin thing on the second one. I'm gonna check that out again. Yeah, I'm it's not, like swampy Zeppelin. Yeah, okay. I'm not overly familiar with it. I mean, I, I've listened to it and it didn't really do anything for me. Um, but I mean, 
go ahead and crucify me for this too, but I, I'm a Phil Anselmo fan. So I, I, if I if I had to sit down and listen to it, I could tolerate getting through it because I, I, I still, <laughs> you know, so it is what it is. But uh, real quick, Aiken, before we let you go, I will give my top record for 2002. Right. Uh, this was released on April 23rd, 2002. And it is, uh, we're just speaking of symphonic metal, where this is definitely symphonic. It's big. It's lush. Oh, There's a ton, of killer, a ton of killer tracks on this album. Um, it was written, you know, the artist is legendary. He's got, well, like a 50, 60-year career. I am, of course, talking about the soundtrack to Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. If there's, if there's a Star Wars soundtrack out, man, it's going to be my number one pretty much. It's, you know, I... I you know, all joking aside about my Star Wars nerdiness, I I love listening to Star Wars soundtracks, man. It's just like it's and movie soundtracks in general for movies I really dig. It's it's kind of like if I'm working and I need so, I need to hear something besides like you know work talk, I'm putting in a soundtrack and and Star Wars is always a good one. And as much as this may be a very maligned Star Wars movie, there's a ton of really really great. Uh, music on here some really good pieces and stuff from the you know the you know the start of the clone wars and everything and the love theme yeah, that's good. my favorite part oh shut up oh the the, <laughs> the, the jar jar biggs concerto to die for especially when it goes into adagio in that one area. whatever look, look donna's whatever bro sorry the donna's didn't play on it look at like, jg3 get a load of this guy what a dork <laughs> mike l total dweeb <laughs> yes hey I, I admit it man I admit it. I admit it. They're they're both saying they're joking, but you don't have to, you don't have to you don't have to quantify. Don't be it. joking. Me. You can rip on me all you want, yeah. guys. I I I will, I will fully take that beating. I deserve it. So, <laughs> all right, Chris. Well, you've got a couple minutes before you have to go off and do more Chris Aiken stuff. Yes, I do. So, thanks for making time for us today. It's always awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, like this was fun. You, so. Yeah, thanks. So, it's definitely fun. So. Plug your plug your shit real quick, and then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, meatspin.com. You can find everything you need there. <laughs> nice. That's your top website of 2002. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Don't even know if it's still a site or not, but if it is, there's a lot of entertainment there for you. Here it is. The entertainment right, just goes around and around and around. Oh my God. People are going to look that up and be like, what the hell? So, <laughs> all right, brother. Well, thanks for making the time, dude. I love you, man. And thanks very much for jumping on. All right, boys. Take it easy. Take Peace. care, brother. All right. See you. Well, there goes the mighty Chris Aiken. He's always good for a laugh or 17. Um, it's funny. I forget who said it earlier in the chat, but I think it was Mike Ellis says, man, a Aiken is brutal. Like, yeah, that's that is a perfect word to describe Chris Aiken. Brutal is definitely <laughs> that is definitely a word to describe him. So, uh, well, that was fun, man. That was that was like pulling teeth, finding enough records for this year. But. Yeah, you 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 really struggled because you had two live albums and you had Star Wars soundtrack yeah. in there. Well, even even if it would have been an easy year, I mean, it would def I would definitely have a Star Wars soundtrack. So that's no, it just... was it was all I could to find, you know. And I know everyone's going to rip on me. I I actually do love that Donna's album. Like, thank God I I found that, and then I found the Boston one because I was like. I was going to try to force something, and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it. Yeah, you know, just it's not happening. I listened to a couple of other things that I was thinking about putting on there. Like, again, a, a band you'd never think I like, but I, I don't like full records, but I like a lot of songs by Lifehouse. And their second okay. their second record, Stanley Climbfall, was in 2002. And that was weird because they tried to go heavier. Yeah. 
and it was like what the hell is this and everything everything every other record they've ever done is like normal what you would think of lifehouse being um so that was weird i i tried to get into vapor trails i was like what i and i just didn't know enough about it. i was like yeah i don't know and so there was that and there was a couple other things that i listened to i was just like yeah and these were stuff i would actually be like yeah you know i would you know i either currently listen to them or, or previously listened to them a ton uh right. you know and see look here chastity's getting my back chastity says they've proven that soundtracks help improve productivity see there you go <laughs> so I, I i actually have a soundtrack playlist that i listen to like every october oh yeah i i put i put a bunch of soundtracks back to back it's uh nightmare on elm street um alien oh nice it's uh alien's amazing yeah uh the hellraiser soundtrack and the hellraiser 2 soundtrack and um halloween yeah any any oh. of the any horror movie especially the newer stuff man some of the some of the stuff is just you know and in the like the some of the christopher nolan stuff like the inception with the uh, uh what the hell's the guy's name he's like the second most famous guy besides john williams that does all the scores yeah i can't i, can't, I know who you're talking about. hans zimmer hans zimmer, there it is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he makes some incredible just you know really cool you know yeah atmospheric combining symphony you know same thing you know but uh, well, yeah, no, there's a lot of cool stuff out there definitely and i gotta say man as much as we ripped on you for the Donnas, like you can't really rip on you for that when I have trapped on my list. I will fully, <laughs> I will fully fall on that sword. I knew as soon as I saw that record came out, I was like, oh, I knew it was going to be on my list. And I was like, oh, am I going to get shit on for that? I, I will say, if you put that Donnas on and you just listen to the guitar, you'd just be like, holy crap. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just cool guitar, you know, garage pop rock. It's, I mean, it's a, you know, and it sounded like, again, it sounded like it was just, just turn up the Marshalls to 10, you know. And uh, you know, I like that kind of stuff. It to me, and it's a little bit, little bit heavier guitar than the Ramones. Like I always still thought the Ramones were cool, but I wanted a little bit more crunch from the guitars, you know, that came from the Ramones. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I mean, when we do these episodes, I generally check out the stuff that you that you bring up, um, and you know, just something new to listen to because I am, I am pretty narrow minded, sadly. <laughs> so I did, I did write down Cataclysm Bound in Chains. I, 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 let's see how long I last listening to this song. Yeah, Should we do it I, over under because I know the stuff Aiken in it is, is just a just a skosh heavier than you and I could tolerate. Yeah, he's he's definitely into, dude. He, he he listens to everything, yeah. man. If you're friends with him on Facebook, he'll he'll post some days when he's working, um, and he'll be like, yeah, you know, getting some stuff done today, and he'll post what he's listening to. Right. And man, he'll go from like Cataclysm to like the the most light pop like you know like fit like the babies or something it's like the right. weirdest thing so yeah he's he's definitely it. man oh man look at chastity i am truly jealous she says john speaking of star wars my local theater is doing a star wars marathon in may you gotta go you've got to go is there some <sighs> kind of anniversary coming up again or um it is the 20 25th anniversary let me think nine yeah 25th anniversary of uh phantom menace they're actually re-releasing that in theaters in may so is there some so, kind of anniversary coming up or something oh, shut up <laughs> jg3 says he's surprised that aiken didn't drop some bloodbath i know that's a band that he listens to so like i said i mean jay i know you tuned in a few minutes late but yeah he said he had like 50 records he could have chosen from so 
Whereas I'm like struggling to get eight. Aiken's like whittle <laughs> out like 40 records. But, yeah. <laughs> you know. And again, like I said, I, I looked up 2003 and thankfully that one is going to be a, a lot easier for me to find albums. What's, what's going to be a pain for me is what to cut out. But, uh, you know, here's a, here's a question, not dream theater. At all. John, are you excited for Dune two? I did not even see Dune one. I'll be honest with you. Dune one looks killer. It's still on streaming. I, I, debating trying to watch it or not i don't know i have to i have to get my older brother to watch that because he and my mother are enormous fans of the book okay uh they they they're huge book readers and they you know swap stuff you know books between themselves a bunch and they were huge fans of dune when i was a kid so they didn't like the movie that was out of that you know previously which i heard is pretty much nobody does but one from 84 or whatever yeah yeah. i tried watching that and it doesn't hold up either even if you liked it i don't think it holds up yeah but i you know i i heard that this you know these movies are awesome jay so um i'll have to to see if my brother watched that because i know he's a big big fan of the of the novel so um well cool man yeah like i say 2003 is the next one we'll do but it will not be our next episode we'll figure something out for that Uh, as usual we got some cool stuff coming up i know we have to do uh the uh the song ranking for systematic chaos we got that coming up we still have to do our album deep dive uh into the astonishing so we have to do that uh i'm getting author uh steven rosen back on we're gonna do a deep dive of fair warning i was actually in the process of trying to set that up when you when you said hey we're doing this and then you 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 posted about it so tonight's show is going to be my it's it's my birthday on Monday. So this was my birthday show and you hijacked it. So thanks for that. Sorry about um, that. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know I want to get Paul Logue back on because he wanted to talk about uh, Queen's Reich's Empire album, which of course me and you that's definitely one of our favorites. Um, are you going to that Queen's Reich show here in a couple months? Are we doing that? Well, it's funny you say that. So. I probably will not. Well, I know it's not a probably. I will be returning from the Monsters of Rock cruise, flying back two weeks from tonight. Okay. And Queens Reich is on that cruise. Wow. Okay. Now, from what I understand, though, they are not playing what they're doing on this tour, which is um, Queen of the Reich and the Warning in their entirety. Yeah. So. I do not have tickets. I may still try to if I can find some in the balcony, which we're probably going to cost God knows what. Are you going or? Oh, I have to. I mean, Armored Saints on there. I want to see John Bush. I'm not the biggest Armored Saint fan. I mean, there's some really good stuff, but I I thought that was a band I would like a little bit more than I do. They're going to be like the second band I see on the cruise. Armored Saints on there as well. So that's kind of another reason where I was like, I don't know about going to the show here because I'm literally I could see both bands twice on the cruise. Right. And that's I like I just any anytime I get a chance to see Queensryche I'm going it's always so goddamn good and especially if they're doing all that old stuff that you know honestly I never really listened to those two records so I, I actually have to go through and listen to them it's going to be kind of a new thing for me oh man the warning is so so we talked before you guys were warning. talking about the uh, re-recording of those uh, Sepultura albums Sepultura I'm oh, sorry Sepultura <laughs> Sepultura <laughs> sepultura uh of those recording those albums and like i i mean i would love it has to be i think with well i think it has to be with latori which i don't even know how that would work out contractually yeah. get latori to re-record queen of the reich in the warning with modern recording technology i would just love to hear that yeah because specifically queen of the reich is 
you know, I mean, that sounds as dated and old as the recording. I mean, it does sound like they stepped right out of 1981 or whatever when they probably actually recorded it. And <laughs> yeah. It was re- released in what 83, I think. It's still so good, though, man. Oh, it's still it's still and... amazing. And and the warning, I still like the guitars on that, but I would just love to hear that re-recorded. But uh, all that being said, if you want to do your birthday show and have an even bigger present of me not being there. You can do the show in two weeks. You can do your Van Halen show without me. I'm not going to be offended. Um, or you could do a totally different show. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be out because I, my flight doesn't even – I think we don't even get back to Cleveland until close to 8 o'clock. Okay. Well, I will so. I will, I will. will find something. Maybe I can get Steve on, and we'll just, we'll just nerd out on some Van Halen talk. You know, I'll be like, Sounds hey, man, good, let's man. do it. <laughs> that would be – that would be absolutely amazing. Hey, Steve, can you come on? Just a bullshit Van Halen. Like, let's do it. So look at this. Mike L. He says, I was in a Queensryche tribute band, so they are ruined for me. No shit. Mike, what 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 position in the band were you? Were you Eddie Jackson, Michael Wilton, DeGarmo? Were you Jeff Tate? Were you Scott Rockenfell? Like, who, who were you? You got to let us know that. So, um, well, man, that was a blast. Uh, again, always a good idea when you do this, and we're we're starting to get into. He's okay. Mike says he was drums, so he was Rockenfeld. So did you go crazy like Scott Rockenfeld did too? Oh, sorry, <laughs> allegedly. Um, anyway, so yeah, good idea on this man. These are always fun. This one was a little difficult, but I I think we've said before, like getting into the later two thousands and especially the teens and all that, we're gonna have a hard time coming up with <laughs> records. Yeah. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to combine years. You know, the Mangini era is going to be all like, let's let's just do eight records from every year of the Mangini era. But um, well, it'll be easier for me because I get more into newer stuff than you do. You're you're really going to struggle. man. Yeah, I unless it's a band I already know, like I don't listen to anything like but but I also can't really find much unless it comes up, you know, when I'm listening to something older and it like because because I have my Amazon set to where it'll just queue up new stuff. Okay. Like one, once an album ends, it'll it'll be like, oh, here's something that sounds like that. So I find a lot of bands like that. It's like, oh, I never heard this before. It just popped up. So, right. um, you know, Shane O'Mac, you are completely right. Good to see you, brother, by the way. It says most new music sucks. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> so Well, the, the problem is, is there, there's a lot of good stuff, but you got to dig because there's just it's just a glut. There's too much, you know, like, yeah, we won't go into this, but. You know, it used to be. It used to be you get you had a couple records to sort of grow and get to your stuff together. Now it's just anyone can put anything out, you know, and it's it's out there. So, well, they can't all be Mammoth WVH. So just leave it at that. Right. All right, huge man. man. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning into another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater centric podcast. Again, major thanks to my very very good buddy Chris Aiken for jumping on and uh, being a part of the show tonight. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, don't forget to click that like button, click that subscribe button, and hit that notification bell so that you are notified every time we go live. We are going to be right back here in two weeks. It will be. Let's see what will be the. What will the date be like first? It'll be March 6th. So it'll be, uh, will it be March 6th? No, 7th. It'll be March 7th. So Thursday, March 7th uh, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune in for that. Brian will be off, but I will be here. I will be doing something. So I will have a guest host with me, and we will be talking about something something musical i will see if there's a dream theater topic and if there's not then it'll be something cool so um 
tune in for that. It'll be awesome. And uh, as always, guys, to all of you in the chat, you guys are excellent. Thanks for driving the show. Uh, Mike L, JG3, Shane O'Mac, obviously Kale McLeish, uh, Ali's Studio, and our, our good buddy from Spain, all the way from Spain, Jozox Atlantis. I know I'm brutalizing that, but uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in, in the chat. And uh, real quick before we go, again, Chastity Crawley, uh, major, major condolences. Hope you and your family are doing as well as can be expected. And um, major prayers and much love out to all of you. So um, hope you get through this as well as you can. So uh, until next time, guys, he's Brian. I am John, and as always, y'all, we love you, and carpe diem.